0: stop talking You're such a chatterbox Kern. Why does he always have something to say? Kern talks way too much. This is chatterbox Kern. Hey guys, it's Kern here with another recap of the real Housewives of Orange County. I'm a bit late, I know, but I went camping and I didn't get to watch the episode as it aired so I could not have uploaded the recap sooner. And of course, last week was so crazy and you know why, but I won't get into it now. So let's get into the recap of The Real Housewives of Orange County Season 15 Episode (music) 4. Now, I was really excited when this season started because I actually liked it. I liked the flow. I liked where we were going. But for some reason, I'm on Episode 4 and I'm annoyed. And I'm annoyed to the point that I feel like I don't want to watch the show anymore. And I've never felt like that with this particular city. But yeah, we are at uh, Shannon's party for her... Well, I don't even know what the party is for anymore. Like, I'm annoyed. So I'm going to try my best to go through this recap as objectively and as unbothered as I possibly can. So yeah, they're still at Shannon's party. And remember, Bronwyn stormed out in the last episode. And Sean is just standing there. Of course, he's defending Bronwyn to Gina and the women and They begin talking about Sean should not get involved and this is a woman's business and I'm like, but Gina your issue that you have is not only with Bronwyn You have been telling people that Sean texted you and you felt creeped out by it but it's like you want to talk about someone's husband Saying he was basically creeping on you and he should not be able to defend himself. That makes no sense to me. So yeah, they fake support Bronwyn. And like I literally wrote this down like I'm disgusted. Because seeing how they were responding and behaving at the party. I'm like, is this how they show support? It was beyond gross to me. I didn't like it at all. And Gina goes on to say Sean should stop screaming in her face. And I'm literally looking at the screen, wondering, what is Gina on? Like, Sean was speaking, yes. But I did not see him scream in her face. I don't get it. And then she starts talking about it's a trigger for her and all of that stuff because of the domestic abuse that she had with her husband, her ex-husband. And whilst I get it, I'm not downing her, feeling triggered. I I personally did not see him shout in her face maybe his voice was elevated and she felt like he was screaming i don't know but it just seemed wrong like anything that Bronin and sean would have done or did at the party was going to be taken out of context or was just going to be seen as completely wrong because they were going to be painted as the villain they were gina was out definitely out to set Bronin as the villain and shannon was not going to ever admit to saying she thought Bron uh Gina's house was sad and Shannon did say that is something that Shannon would say so I don't even know why we're even going back and forth about this ridiculous argument so um I I suppose Bronwyn when she stormed out she saw she saw another kid delivering lemonade and they had a lemonade on their shirt written written on their shirt so she yelled out that that the lemonade boy should call her husband for her and I, I suppose the kid didn't really like it. So he goes on to tell Shannon and everyone else. And Shannon is now using this as another reason for her to not like Bronwyn. And I'm like who the F cares? Who cares if she called the kid a lemonade boy? It wasn't to degrade him. Yes it may have been rude or the kid may have felt offended or whatever the case may be. But she didn't know the kid's name. She was in a panic state at that point. Bronwyn was upset. She was upset about the whole situation. It's not excusable, but it's not like she did it maliciously or or intentionally wanted to insult the little kid. It's just like, come on, Shannon, this is not something that you need to harp on. After Bronwyn cooled down, I'm guessing by the urging of the producers, she returned to the party and asked Gina if she wanted or if she could step outside so they could talk. They did that and then Bronwyn was explaining to Gina why she did what she did and about her alcoholism. And Gina just was not even trying to hear what she said. She claimed she was listening or she heard Bronwyn. But she just just wanted to get her point across only. And I'm on Bronwyn's side here. I don't want to see what is going on. I hate it. I don't like what's being shown. And this is why I'm upset with the, where the season is going because it seems dark and it's not like this is literally because of Bronwyn's alcoholism or it, her sober sobriety but it's also because of how the women are behaving and it's almost like they needed to amp up the drama or they needed to make something out of nothing because they didn't have the, the resident pot stirrer Tamara on this season. So it just felt like it was being forced but what didn't seem forced was how disgusted they were or seemed with Bronwyn and I'm like why are they behaving like this something just did not seem right so I'm like F everybody literally F them all except Bronwyn at this point that's just how I felt watching this episode I didn't even want to continue watching it even the even my recap is a bit short for this because I was just annoyed by the whole ordeal. Anyways, Shannon and Emily decide to make up and move on. And it's like, wow. All it took was for you guys to both dislike Bronwyn. And Emily is stirring the pot this season. Emily is stirring the pot. She's bringing information to everyone. And they don't even realize it. Like, Emily is literally the cause of a lot of these arguments so far. She is. And she's just doing it so, like... Yeah she's just doing it under the radar and I'm watching you Emily. I am watching you because yeah you'll see why. You'll see why or you'll hear why actually. So Bronwyn ends up leaving and going home with her husband. And it was just so funny seeing her literally walk across the street to her home. That is how close she lives to Shannon. So she begins talking to her daughter about what happened at the party and i'm not even sure this is a good idea i understand her daughter is old enough like an older teenager but i would not tell her about what's going on with my friends yeah and i just can't believe we're literally still within the framework of the party and it's almost half the entire episode like what Bronwyn is really giving us content as uncomfortable as the content is for me personally I don't know about anyone else but for me personally I really don't like this particular storyline but listen it's her real life and she's sharing it but I just don't like seeing how it's being played out that's just my gripe with the whole situation. We see Shannon giving the woman a tour for her home and I mean her home looks nice mind you she's just renting it for, for however long but it looks nice. And then we see Kelly grilling Shannon's dad about his ability to get an erection. And it's just so funny because her her reason for that is because she's marrying an older guy and she wants to know from the from the horse's mouth if it really works at whatever age. So she feels it's appropriate. Do you Kelly? But it's really not. It really isn't. Yeah, then we then hear Emily ask again if anyone wants to do shots. And at this point, I'm like, is this the only thing Emily's going to offer this season? Steer the pot behind the scenes and drink and take shots? Is this what she means when she says she's fun Emily? It feels like she's just being someone who is not herself because she wants to prove she can be fun. Like if you're not fun, you're just not fun. Okay? That's just how it is. Don't be forcing yourself to do shots with Shannon because you want to seem fun. Like this episode was just annoying. The whole thing. I, I did not really enjoy this is literally the first i keep saying literally a lot but this is probably the first episode that i've watched of the real housewives of orange county that i did not really like and i can't believe i'm saying this this is the first episode i've watched that i did not really like because it just felt so disjointed the reactions were so disproportionate and Bronwyn was just freaking out the whole episode and it was just not fun for me to watch at all at all yeah so I'm not even going in the right order that's just how oh how much I did not love the episode and even my notes are just all over the place I could not have a coherent thought or have my thoughts organized while watching this because I just could not believe what I was watching maybe I'm overreacting but that's just how I felt watching the whole thing so yeah we hear Kelly talking about her fiance and he does seem like a nice guy he does but I mean everyone always seems nice until they don't anymore right but he does seem nice he helps her out she says that we see that on, on camera but um, we, you never know I hope they last they're not married in real life so good luck to them I mean even on my notes I wrote I really checked out of this episode I did I checked out because I didn't enjoy it. I don't care about what Gina has going on. I really don't care about Emily. what Emily has going on as a cast member. They seem like nice women, but as cast members of this show, they aren't bringing what I want them to bring. And that's just a personal preference here. It is what it is. And it's because they're just being so judgmental of... Bronwyn situation and it's like Gina you claim your father was an alcoholic but you're being so harsh on Bronwyn and then Emily just is fake supporting Bronwyn to her face while just throwing her under the bus behind her back the same thing they claim Bronwyn did to Shannon and it's like oh my god just just enough please like get over this move on do something else because I am b-o-r-e-d bored okay okay I'm bored stiff. The, the only person that I seen on camera who expresses or who has expressed um, genuine concern a little bit is maybe Elizabeth in her confessionals. And the two, Kelly, like she said that if, if a brownie needed her, she might, she would be there or something like that. But yeah, we see Emily and I think it was Kelly. Or maybe it was Kelly and Elizabeth talking, and Elizabeth was like she sympathizes with Gina's situation because she liked that Gina built herself back up, and she appreci- and she likes that because she reminds us again that she came from nothing and now she's somebody or whatever. Okay, good job, Elizabeth, right here. I mean, she seems nice and fun, but this season right now in episode four is stressing me out while watching it, it's stressing me out. Okay. So Bronwyn is having her vow renewal soon and she's inviting the women. And she called Shannon to invite her or to let her know. Like even though they may have a a misunderstanding, she can still come to the vow renewal. But Shannon goes on again about how she didn't say that Gina's place was sad and Bronwyn is making it up. And I'm like, Shannon, you are being too defensive at this point for something so ridiculous. That just seems to me like she said it. That's just how it is. And the episode basically ended with Kelly and Emily. Or that's when I stopped writing my notes because I didn't really care anymore. Kelly and Emily started mocking COVID-19. And they said that they prefer a drunk Bronwyn over the sober one right now. And I'm like, F you guys. I liked Kelly. I've always said that. But hearing her and Emily mock covid19 it's just like wow and i'm not surprised really but kelly is the only one that is getting backlash on social media while the other women believe in the same things and i've said that so often so often it felt like i was talking to like people who can't hear with them with the inability to hear so yeah that's when i stopped writing i literally wrote f them because i'm just over it Wishing Bronwyn the best with her sobriety and hopefully she doesn't like revert or relapse. Yeah, relapse is the right word here. But this episode was just too stressful for me, too annoying, and I hope by episode 5 things change for the better. I really do. And that's all I have for the Real Housewives of Orange County. Season 15, episode 4. That is literally all I have. Stick around because the next recap right after this is Southern Charm Season 7. So welcome to the recap of Southern Charm Season 7, Episode 2. We are still at Chep's party. You know the party he had for being a new him? It's almost like Ramona from New York City throwing a ramona renewal party that she always throws when she tries to do something or when she cut her hair in season two i think it was and she was like the renewed ramona <laughs> so i'm guessing this is the brand new shep we'll see right so if you remember last episode john pringle and leva were introduced to us so this episode we got to know them a little bit more um Catherine is crushing on john pringle like she's crushing on him hard but we know that will change because of occurrences in the media that we have seen. Leva shows up with her husband Lamar I think his name is and her husband is black and this is probably the first black man to actually speak on this show. I may be wrong but you could correct me. Anyways she decided to talk to Catherine because she wanted to understand why she would bring the rumors up about Cameron. And I'm like, Leva, I already kind of liked you, but this is not your battle to fight. She tells Catherine that she came to eviscerate her, but she's going to give her a chance because she doesn't want to use what she's going through with Cameron or why she brought Cameron's issue to affect their friendship, so she should just not talk about it anymore. And at this point, I'm like, Leva, no, you don't just get to barge in and start demanding anything of catherine or anyone really i don't really care if you're best friends with cameron the fact is if this was an issue if this was something about C- catherine cameron would have totally started talking about it as we've seen in the multiple flashbacks of her being completely mean to catherine who is basically 10 years younger than her so it's like level come on i know cameron is your girl but she is not above being gossiped about her stuff needs to be talked about just like everyone else's. And I'm on Catherine's side here. Because it's not like she was making anything up. And they tried to make it seem like she was. I mean when, when Catherine brought up the rumor on camera. Craig literally said. If it's about Madison or if it's Madison then it's not true. It sounds to be like the rumor was already out there. And people already know about it. So why is it that they're trying to put this all on Catherine. It doesn't make sense. I mean... Of course some people might not agree with me because they say Catherine is racist or whatever it is. But at this point I'm talking about this show as it is going on. When we get to the whole emoji bit we'll get there. For, for right now they all knew about the rumor. They were just upset as Cameron texted Catherine. Why did she bring it up on camera? That was the issue. They did not want that to be on camera. They wanted to protect Cameron. And I'm like she is not just this little saint. Because we've all watched this this show for like six seasons now. So we know what she's capable of. So sorry Cameron. I'm on Catherine's side here. And Lever, back off. We then switch to Shep. Walking around the party talking about Peter and Madison. As you may recall, Madison slept with this guy Peter who is Shep's friend. And she, uh, Peter's at the party with His new date or girlfriend whose name is Liz. And I suppose Madison did not tell Austin. So everyone basically started hearing about the rumor at the party. And it's like Shep you say you did not set this up to embarrass Madison or Austin. But it feels like you sort of did. Mind you you may be telling the truth here. But the fact that you kept walking around the party telling everyone about the rumor. It's like the old Shep is back like he went nowhere because it's like come on and then it's like come on ship you have me eating my words because i was rooting for you in the last episode i mean it was just one episode but you have me taking everything back that i said in the last recap because you walking around telling everyone about madison sleeping with peter is like it's like you haven't changed and then i'm like is charleston really this small like is it that small that Literally all these people have been in some kind of relationship or some entanglement of sort with each other. Wow. Madison is pissed. She's pissed about the situation and she left. She walked out the party and Austin is walking behind her trying to understand what is going on. Because of course, as I said, he didn't know about her sleeping with Peter. And I'm like, why would he? Madison and he... Were broken up, so why would he have known? And it's not his business what Madison did on her own time when they're when they weren't together, or when they aren't together. So I'm I'm trying to understand why she needs to explain anything to Austin. And I mean, a lot of people don't like Madison, but I'm liking her. I'm ba- I'm basically being forced to like her because of how everyone else is treating the situation with her. Basically, rooting for the underdog or the person who is being attacked. In The moment, and that is Madison because she hasn't done anything wrong in my eyes, except when she spoke about you know the, the Danny having chlamydia from Shep, which seemed like a complete shocker to everyone. Maybe it was true, I don't know. Allegedly, whatever it is, it that was the only thing that I thought Madison did wrong, really. But yeah, Austin seemed upset about the situation, he seemed upset that Madison slept with Peter and he was shocked but it's like come on austin you were literally caught on tape with some girls at some threesome, whatever like you have no reason or room to be upset like keep your upset to yourself and and stop stressing madison out she doesn't need you bothering her with your crap because you were caught on tape with two girls leave madison alone what she did when you guys weren't together is her business and madison you should have just stayed with peter Because Austin is not it. This is the only thing I agree with Patricia on. I'm not a Patricia fan. But Madison deserves better than Austin. That is if Madison believes that. You know you believe you deserve what you believe. That's what it is. Other people could say you deserve better. But if you believe that's what you deserve. Then hey who am I to really judge? I usually really like Southern Charm. Apart from what I mentioned about them talking about their ancestors in The Best Light in season 1 but the drama seems still alive so we didn't we don't need cameron and we definitely don't need naomi and we don't need chelsea we really don't because the drama is still going and it's obvious madison brings drama and this is what this is why we watch these shows for fun and drama and madison is bringing it so yeah we now see them in the morning everyone is already gone home the party's over and austin is upset again like he can't believe madison slept with peter And didn't tell him. And all of that. And and I'm getting annoyed again at Austin. Austin is really not my favorite person on this show. I, I can't with Austin. So Madison ends up basically. Stroking his ego. His bruised little boy's ego. Telling him that she's sorry. And that thing with Peter is over. And I'm like Madison you had your power. You had your power. And you let this little boy pout his way into making you apologize for something that you should not have done you sh- meaning you should not have apologized because what you did as a grown woman on your own time dating or whatever it is with Peter that was that was you that was all you and it was totally fine like you guys were together when he did what he did with the two girls so how dare he be upset that you decided to um... Have autonomy over your own decision and sleep with whoever you wanted to when you and Austin weren't together. I wish you had not apologized because you had your power and you literally gave it to Austin in that moment. (music) Next up Catherine meets up with Danny and they start talking about Shep's relationship and that he seemed like he's ready to settle down. So we see flashbacks of Danny and Shep because they dated. And Danny's like, well, that's how I felt too. And it didn't work out. So they're just hoping that it goes well for him because they do kind of see a change in him. And I hope they're right because we all want peop- these people to be happy. And we all want them to be in relationships. And Shep is getting older. Okay, maybe he wants a little son or daughter. And this is it. This is, this is his last chant in quotations. Yeah. The convent then turns to Catherine and Pringle. John Pringle that is. And she tells Danny. She and John Pringle flirted. And they kissed. But that's where it it stopped. Catherine is not interested in him. After the kiss basically. So I'm guessing John Pringle is not the best kisser. (laughs) Yeah so. She is like I'm done with John Pringle. I'm not interested in him. But then. The reason I believe she said that is because she mentioned that maybe she and Thomas might go back together because she had a lapse or whatever and slept with him. And it's like, come on, Catherine. Yes, you have kids together, but that's all you have together. You guys are not good together. Toxicity. Toxicity in two people. No. No. Run for the hills from that one, Catherine. The episode just kept flowing, flowing smoothly. Like, as I said, the drama is still there. They have scenes, they have moments. And all this was right before COVID, I think it is. And I really do think Cameron was going to film until this rumor was brought up because Bravo Khan was last like November, October, I think it was. And she was there and she sounded like she was filming. So she didn't mention anything about quitting until we heard about the rumor. Anyways. Whitney meets up with Craig and Austin and Whitney's like, wow, your bear company is really doing well, Austin. Good for you. Good for you. But it's only in Charleston, in three bars. But that's that's a feat. That's a victory for Austin. I mean, he could have given up, but at least he's, his bear is selling somewhere. I mean and then they like they talked to Whitney about Shep inviting Peter to the party and they're like it seemed messed up. Everyone could see that that it seemed messed up even though Shep said he didn't do it on purpose and he had no idea. That's just how it seemed. We're now at Leva's house and I like her at this point. I mean it sounds flip floppy given my stance earlier but I like I like her at home and this may be some like a weakness of mine. I just like seeing these characters in their homes with their families. It's just something that I really like seeing. So we get to know her and her husband a little bit more. And their restaurateurs in Charleston. Like they own about four establishments and that is beyond amazing. Okay, they met in college, I think, and they're still together at this point. And that's just beautiful. They have Two children, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And she spoke about the fact that because she's Indian and Lamar is black, people in Charleston stared at them because look at this interracial couple. And they didn't just look like the average Charleston um native or Charleston resident. So people stare and people still stare in 2020 or in 2019 when this was filmed or whenever. But it's like wow. That just goes to show you that people still have their hang-ups on what they think is the ideal relationship or what they believe to be the ideal people. Which is kind of effed up. I wanted a curse but I'm not ready to start doing that yet. <laughs> so yeah, um, I like their dynamic. They seem loving. They seem like they're really cool people. And that's really great. That is really great and just because they are so completely different from the entire cast, I'm gonna let Leva know. I know it sounds biased and it sounds weird that you're gonna like them just because they are completely different, but why not? Why not? They're going to offer something different that the show has never had before and that is exciting to look forward to, at least to me. The boys then meet up for a workout session at the gym and this, is, this may be the first time I'm ever seeing Shep working out, ever. Seven seasons and Shep is taking his health really seriously. This Taylor girl must be a real good influence. Anyways, Austin talks about the party that he's going to have for his bear or his maybe not a party, but he's gonna have an event for his bear. But he didn't like the fact that Shep brought Peter to the event and he wanted to talk to Peter about talk to Shep about it. And it's like Austin, this is really not about you, is it? This is about Madison. The first time it was about you when Shep brought the two girls from the threesome. But this time, Peter was there. This has something to do with Madison, not you. So, like, why don't you just let this go, Austin? Like, are you really searching for a storyline that hard? Like, come on, give it up. <music> then we see Whitney with her mom. And she invites Springle to her home and i feel like patricia is in love with pringle meaning she loves him already and maybe secretly wishes pringle was a son that she had and not whitney sorry that may sound so horrible but that's just how it is like she's enamored by pringle so far and um like looking at pringle it's like pringle and shep went to college together but pringle looked much older not a dig at not a dig at his age or to say that he looks bad but it's like the fact that he looks mature that's it he looks mature and he looks his age which is like wow Shep really is an older guy he's not like 35 or 30 I think Shep is is in his 40s so that's that's kind of um fascinating anyways we all know as I said that was invited to Patricia's because of who his family is and his family name and I'm just rolling my eyes all the way back here because it's like okay Patricia we get it you are enamored you love money that's what it is okay you like people who have connections or people with a name okay and I was about to say next and skip the scene and just turn it off but then but then Pringle decided to give us a rundown of his family history being in Charleston for eight generations, and my ears immediately perked up as he said that. My ears perked up because this was always my problem with Southern Charm. As I said in other episodes and even on my blogs, um, Southern Charm started off with the, the cast talking about how connected they are in Charleston and their families have been in Charleston for generations. And being a majority white cast. And for them to say their family was in Charleston for generations. And they have all this wealth now and property. We know what that meant. And it just doesn't sit right with me. And it didn't sit right with me then watching it. Because I'm like why am I watching this show with people. Talking about their ancestors in such positive light. And this is why again. I I felt like I was going to check out of this season. Because here John Pringle goes. Talking about his ancestors. And mind you. I get that a lot of white Southerners and white people in general aren't directly descendants of slave owners. That is understandable. But when you have people like John Pringle talking about the fact that their great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was in Charleston since 1725. And a quick Google search will tell you who his great-grandfather was. John Pringle, I think his grandfather was. Or, yeah, Robert Pringle. Or something to to that effect. He was a judge too. And he was a judge without qualifications. Like he was given that title without any actual qualifications. I read about it. Yeah. So it's like I know they can't help who their ancestors are. That can't be helped. Just like I I can't help who my ancestors are if I could actually trace them and know who they actually are. But yes, you can't help it. But I believe what you can help to do is when you're talking about the family or you're running down the history, you know, as anyone would would do, you don't treat it like it's a good thing because of where the ties laid or where the ties come from. Like if you can trace your family history to as far back as the period of enslavement, then denounce it. When you're talking about it, you could say, you know the horrors that your family has committed in the past and you are extremely sorry about that and you don't think that 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 should have ever happened and you denounce it denounce what they did denounce the fact that all the wealth that you have now that was amassed from years of enslavement is because of the fact that your ancestors owned slaves or were part of the slave trade and denounce it it literally goes a long way i believe you know but instead of talking about it like you're so proud of your ancestors and you're just so proud to be a pringle having family in charleston for eight generations knowing that people can go on the google type in your family name and just read the history it's pretty simple so that's that's just what i feel and this is this was the reason i didn't really want to give southern charm an ounce of my time and i just hope this is where it stops like we don't hear anymore about john pringle's family and if we do it's not in the light that they are talking about it please so yeah just like patricia has tried to set up cameron in the past with every rich man she could possibly see in charleston She's now trying to pin Madison onto Pringle. And I'm like, oh, Patricia. A leopard never changes their spots. So we're finally at uh, the county fair event that Austin has his bear. And he seems really happy. And I just hope his bear is doing well. Because, you know, you never want anyone to really fail at their business, as I said before. Pringle comments on the fact that he likes a girl who... Is blonde, so he doesn't really like Catherine. And he likes a girl who at least appears high maintenance and put together. And I'm like, come on. Come on, Pringle. You don't even carry yourself well. You look scruffy. And a girl could literally say she doesn't like guys who look scruffy. You know, so don't be superficial, man. Like, don't. Madison... See Shep and she decides to express her feelings. She's like, Shep, what you did was not cool. And Shep is like, I didn't mean to do it. It's not on purpose and I'm sorry. And we should just try to move forward. And Austin is literally trying to make this into something bigger. Like Shep and, Shep and Madison are having a conversation and he just tries to butt in. And I'm like, Austin, just shut up and let the two talk about it let them talk about the issue it's not about you your issue has been done with like move away and sell your bear so they talk about it and Shep tells her like listen I didn't mean to do that I'm sorry it was not intentional and let's just move on but here we go again I just feel like it's messed up that Shep tried to explain why he feels protective of Austin because he's like I just don't want you to hurt him. But it's like, are are they serious? Austin cheated on her with two girls. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely team Madison here. Because they're trying to paint her as the bad person in the relationship when she has done nothing to Austin. So yeah, F Austin's feelings because honestly, it's not about him. It is about Madison and it should only be about Madison. And that is where we are with this recap next week seems interesting and i'm gonna tune in and i just hope we don't hear any more talk about john pringle's ancestors let it go thank you for tuning in to another recap of the reed housewives of orange county and the southern charm have a great week and listen for the next recap at